0: And as we think about our series, Kingdom of Heaven, as we're getting close to the end, next Sunday will be our last Sunday in this series as we look at the book of Matthew, all the places that Jesus talked about the Kingdom of Heaven. Uh, Today, we're going to look at a parable uh, about a wedding, a a wedding feast, a a celebration, uh, an awesome thing. I don't know if you've been to a wedding lately. Uh, If you have, it probably wasn't in a church. It was probably at one of these cool venues in Montgomery or Magnolia or out in Brookshire or Angleton uh, these days. Uh, They're they're awesome. These wedding venues are amazing. They're cool. They've got great little chapels. They've got a a reception venue. There's outdoor area for people who are crazy enough to get married outside in Texas. But it's wonderful. And and today we're going to look at this passage of Scripture that, that talks about this king who wants to have a wedding celebration for his son. And we know if you remember from when Randy preached a few weeks ago a parable, this story a, a parable is a story meant to convey a divine truth. So today as you as we read this together, I would encourage you to listen for the truth that, that God has for you. So in Matthew 22 it says this. Verse 1 And again, Jesus spoke to them in parables saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son. And he sent his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding feast. But they would not come. Again, he sent other servants saying, Tell those who are invited. See, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast. But they paid no attention and went off. One to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his servants, treated them shamefully, and killed them. The king was angry. Well, imagine that. And he sent his troops But when the king came in to look at his guest, he saw there a man who had no wedding garment. And he said to him, friend, how did you get in here without a wedding garment? He was speechless. And the king said to his attendants, bind bind him hand and foot and cast him into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. In the last two weeks, the ending of the parable and the story hasn't been so exciting. But the rest of the story is. And so I just want to remind you today as a person, whether you're here in the room or you're watching online, a very simple truth about God's character, who he is, and what he wants for you and me. God invites us, us, us to His banquet that honors the Son. And that Son is Jesus Christ. God is inviting you and me to His banquet. And that banquet is not to honor us. That banquet is not to honor your friends or your family or your religious heritage. No, that banquet is to honor the Son, Jesus Christ. That's what this parable is getting at. That all of us have been invited to this great banquet. This, this metaphor for what it means to have a relationship with the King of kings, the Lord of lords. His name is Jesus. That he invites us to that table to honor him. And, and a banquet throughout the scripture is a symbol of blessing. And specifically the blessing of Salvation. That that we have been saved, that that those who were invited in this story, this first group of people who were invited in this story, had actually already been invited. If you read the story closely, you know they had already gotten an invitation because the servants went out to ask them, hey, come on, the time is now, the food's ready, the ox is on the table. Can you imagine? That sounds pretty interesting to eat. The fattened calf, sure, we all, we all like beef. Well, most of us. But come on, everything is ready. And so this second invitation was to invite them because it was ready to be served. The party was about to start. Come on. And yet these folks who had been invited originally said, no, thank you. They went back on their promise to attend this banquet. They rejected the king's offer. And so as you and I think about this parable, about this banquet table that God is inviting all of us to, perhaps this first section is, is focused specifically on the cultural Hebrew of the day, the, the religious Israelite. And, and if we fast forward that to our modern day, maybe the person who would we would call religious, someone who attends religious activities, who has the gift of showing up, who, who can answer some basic questions about what the Bible says, but really their life is about themselves. They can follow the custom, but they don't have a seat at the table. Perhaps that's what this first group is about. For the Hebrews, they they knew the law. They knew the festivals. But they placed a higher priority on their own life, their farm and their business. Instead of on the invitation by the king. And so as you and I think about that in our own life, in our own context, perhaps the question is, can we serve ourselves and serve God at the same time? And the answer to that rhetorical question is no. No. These people that were invited, they were too concerned about their own well-being, about their own agenda, their own life, and couldn't be bothered to follow through on their commitment And so it's just a reminder to me again and again and again uh, that there will be many people who are invited to sit at the king's table. There will be many people who will be invited to experience salvation and understand the beauty and the grace of what God has for them, but very few will accept that invitation. And for some of them, it wasn't just that they refused, they didn't even care. They paid no attention. It was as if those servants didn't even exist. It was like they were below the lowest of people. They pushed them away, cast them aside, and they went about their day. It reminds me of, of a party that a group of friends wanted to throw for another friend. And so there was two or three of them that got together and said, hey, let's, let's make this happen. And so they planned and prepared It was at one of their houses and so they decorated. uh, They ordered the food. They sent out invitations. Probably 50 or so people got invited. This was back in the day when you actually sent an invitation and you just didn't text or group me. But still, RSVP has been dead for a long time. I'm not sure when he died, but he did. And so on the day of the party, the, the hosts were there. The guest of honor, a couple of family members, and when it was all said and done, one person came to the party. One. One. Can you imagine if that was you, and you were the host, how frustrated and angry, disappointed in your friends and maybe no longer friends, the guest of honor, how they might felt, ha- have felt. And then the one who actually came, what were they thinking? How easy it is for us to dismiss and to go about our way and not think about the consequence of our decisions to cast aside the things of God, to just throw them away and say, you know what, I got bigger issues. You know what, I got a hangnail this morning. I don't think I'm gonna worship. And I'm not talking about Sunday morning. I'm talking about Thursday. And we miss it. They refused. They were unwilling to to bend their lifestyle to honor the son But this shouldn't surprise us. This story and and how the story unfolds shouldn't surprise us because Jesus was very clear throughout his entire ministry that rejection by the world is guaranteed. You can be guaranteed that the world is going to reject you if you have a seat at the table. If you claim the name of Jesus, if you have faith in Jesus Christ, you've put your hope in him, the world will pay no attention to you. And so just be ready for that. Be guaranteed that that's going to happen. That you're going to miss opportunities. You're going to lose out on things. And that's only going to get worse. It won't get better. We, we live in the best possible scenario called Southeast Houston, Texas. In all of the world. For us to have people pay attention to our invitation to the table. But the world will reject us. And, and in the story, not just reject, but they actually killed these servants. And when the king found out about it, what did he do? He went and destroyed them. This is perhaps some imagery imagery for what happened about 40 years later in Jerusalem, when the temple was destroyed when invaders came in and destroyed the temple in Jerusalem in AD 70. Perhaps Jesus is pointing to that event so that the Israelites will pay attention. But despite all this, despite the invitation by the king, despite the servants going out multiple times, they rejected the offer, but guess what? God's mission never stops. It never stops. God just didn't throw his hands up and say, well... The people that I invited didn't come, so I guess the servants and I will have some leftovers for a few weeks. No, his mission was to find anyone and everyone who would celebrate the king, celebrate the king's son, to celebrate Jesus. And so he sends them out and says, hey, we're going to get a different kind of people. We're not going to get those who rejected my offer. No, we're going to get everybody. And when you look for everybody, you're going to find everybody, the bad and the good, the bad and the good. Because God is inviting everyone to the banquet. God is inviting inviting everyone to the party because he wants to celebrate the prince of peace. He wants to celebrate the king of kings. He wants to experience the joy of salvation. So the question that I have for all of us is when's the last time we've invited somebody to the party? When's the last time we've invited somebody to the banquet? When's the last time we've invited someone to say, hey, come experience the joy that I have because I have Jesus? I wonder if part of the reason we don't invite people to the party is because our joy has been jaded. We've allowed the circumstances of life to get in the way. Because parties are fun. If you've been to a wedding reception, they're fun. Even for introverts. Because there's always good food. Right? And you can just sit at the table and listen to the music. And you get to meet new people and folks from the other side of the, of the family. But my concern for those of us that are at the table those of of us that are at the banquet, those of us that have accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior. My concern is not the joy overflowing that we have or we're supposed to have. No, my concern is that we're too distracted by how well done the ox is. By the temperature of the fattened calf. I'm sticking with the story, people. Stay with me. (laughs) In our context, the chicken. Is the chicken good? And we get focused on that. We're too concerned about the color of the charger and the rest of the table setting. We're too focused on that odd shade of pink that is the bridesmaids' dresses. We're upset because the king didn't seat us at a table near the front. And with people we already knew, heaven forbid. And that's our struggle. And then to top it off, who picked this DJ? (laughs) I don't know these songs. And we miss the point of the banquet. The point of the banquet is to celebrate the king's son, to celebrate Jesus, to experience the joy that he has. And so we lose sight of God's mission. His mission is to bring everyone, bad and good, and oh my, I say that there's none good. We're all bad. We're all dirty. But he invites all of us to the table. That's the mission That's the mission of God and that's the mission he sends us on to have the joy of being at the table, experiencing the the banquet, the the abundance of of food and the plenty and the peace and the excitement and the privilege it is to to lock arms with other people who are also at the banquet and now we get to go and invite others to the banquet because it has been and always will be about the Son. And not about us. It's our mission to celebrate Jesus. And if you think it's any other way. Jesus reminds us in this parable. That we come to the kingdom. We come to the banquet. On the king's terms. Not our terms. We come to the kingdom on his terms, not our terms. We come at his invitation. We don't crash the party. Because there was one man who did crash the party. And you've been to a wedding. You've been to a special occasion. And for the most part, all of us do our best to dress up a little bit. To, to take a shower, number one to put on nice clothes and be presentable. That's the point. I was actually at a wedding last night, and, you know, everybody's dressed up. The, the groom and the groomsmen, they wore these great-looking gray jackets and these nice blue jeans with boots, and the groom wore a cowboy hat. It was really a, a, a great look. But in this story, there's a man who arrives, and he's not wearing the right thing. Now, most scholars believe there's actually not a wedding garment that you're supposed to wear, that Jesus is actually saying you show up for the wedding in clean clothes compared to dirty clothes. Like, you actually come to the wedding prepared to be clean. And if you weren't, the king would provide that for you. You see how this imagery is going? The king is the one who cleans us. Because when you and I accept the invitation, we're dirty. We're filled with sin. We're, we're selfish, we're, we've rejected God. But when we accept the invitation of the banquet, we're cleaned, we're justified. And That only happens through the person of Christ. And it's in that moment of faith, it's in that moment we say, yes to God. God, I want to be a part of the kingdom. I I want to celebrate your son, Jesus, because he is the only one who could clean me, who could pay the penalty of my sin. He's the only one that died for me and shed his blood for me. And so, Lord, I accept by faith your invitation. In that moment, we put on the righteousness of Christ and we are made new, we are cleansed, we have a seat at the table at the banquet. And though you may look religious, you may have even gotten an invitation, if you're not clothed in Christ, you'll be shown the door. And so this is a very challenging message. Because we come to the kingdom on the king's terms. And that means we have to be clothed in Christ. We have to receive the invitation of God. The invitation that says, I'm going to honor the son, your son, Jesus Christ. By giving my life to him, by faith, I trust in him and him alone to give me a seat at the great banquet filled with joy and peace and purpose and excitement and eternity. That's what I get. And I give you my life. The book of Romans gives us a little example of this when Paul says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Make no provision for the flesh that you may gratify its desires. Later in Galatians, he says, it's a passage we know about equality. For in Christ Jesus, you're all sons and daughters of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. That's what we do. We don't put it on externally, we put it on internally. We put that garment on from the inside out. For there is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free. There is no male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. It's a great reminder to us of God's family, of who gets to sit at the table, and God wants everyone to sit at the table. And it's our mission, our joy, our purpose to go and invite everyone we can to come to the table to experience the joy of salvation, to experience the life of the party. And the way we do that is by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And so I wanna encourage you today, as you think about your life, Does your life exemplify a seat at the table? Do do you walk through life focused on the things that God would want us to focus on? To live a life of joy and purpose and peace. To express love and grace and humility to others. to, To not be so concerned about the chicken or the music To not worry about who's where and who's what. And today in our context that the air isn't quite working right. Because it's not. (laughs) But we're grateful. We're we're beyond excited to sit at the table. And my hope and my desire as a person who's celebrating the sun is that I want to invite someone else to sit with me to be at the table with me for all eternity. And so when I go to the convenience store, I want that person to see joy and gratitude and peace. And I want them to hear it out of my mouth. When I sit for three and a half minutes in the barber chair, (laughs) you're a little slow today, but some of you got it. I want that person to see joy and and to know that I just don't go to church. I want them to see it. That's what this is about. That if you have a seat at the table, your life should be full of celebration. And if you don't have a seat at the table, let me invite you today. Put your faith in Jesus Christ and join the party. It's a party that will last forever. And though those of us that are already in the party, we don't get it right a lot. That's why we're here, because we don't get it right a lot. We need to be reminded of the joy that we have. And so in a few minutes when we stand and sing, if you have never placed your faith in Jesus Christ, Haley and I will be down front. We would love to share with you what that means. If you need to pray and say, God, restore the joy of my salvation. Restore the excitement of what I know my faith can be. Father, help me to celebrate the sun. Maybe there's someone in your life that, that needs an invitation to the table and, and you've just been hesitant. You're not quite sure. You're afraid you're gonna be rejected. And so you've just done nothing. You've gone about your business. Maybe today's the day you say, you know what? I'm going to invite that person to the table. I'm going to share with them what it means to follow Jesus. And I'm not going to be concerned about if I fumble over my words or I, I don't get it quite right. I'm going to trust that God, you're going to give me exactly what I need to say for them. That's the joy of being at the table is that we get to participate in those kind of things. That's what the kingdom of heaven is all about. And so let's pray together that we would be a people of celebration.